I've confronted hundreds of men over two decades. I have been in television for 24 years. I just came to get something to eat. And I have very seldom been at a loss for words. I just came to get something to eat. Men online looking for children to sexually assault. What's the motive here? It's, Explain it to me. I don't no, understand. you're right. No, you're right. It's stupid. It's, it's not. It's an illegal no. thing. Yeah, I know. I did a stupid thing. Men from all walks of life. A doctor. A teacher. A clergyman. You sent pornographic pictures through the mail. Okay, that's a federal offense right there. You know I'm in trouble. And I know it. I tried to get into their heads and understand why. Pizza we have tonight. Uh, I, I want to know who you are. I want to know a little bit more about you first. Can I eat first? Sure, go ahead. Let's see if any of this sounds familiar while you enjoy your pizza. And ultimately, make sure they face justice. You ask her if she's a virgin. I ask everybody all kinds of stuff. It's just talk. You ask her if she's horny. What's wrong with that? You ask if she does anal. It's a question. Who are they? Have they tried to prey on other children? And where are they now? These are the predators I've caught. I'm Chris Hansen. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. The internet, social media, dating, and rideshare apps all make life so convenient and fun. Swiping to meet up with someone new has become part of our daily lives. It's also how many unsuspecting people have ended up dead. I'm Courtney Bell. And I'm Jillian Lee Garner, and we're the co-hosts of the true crime podcast, I Met My Murderer Online. In each episode, we share a true story of one such deadly online connection and hopefully how you can avoid it. We hear from all who were involved in the case. The investigators. They discovered a victim inside the house. Victims' family members. Right now, it doesn't feel like life can ever be joyful again. And sometimes, even the murderer themselves. You have to decide, okay, what are you willing to do here? Are you willing to kill these people? If you're a fan of true crime, then you have to listen to season two of I Met My Murderer online. On the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All of the predators I've caught present imminent danger to children. I'm convinced of that. There's no misunderstanding. Very seldom is there really a first time, although I'm sure some of them surface for the first time in my stings. But they're all dangerous, some more than others, but all of them have come to the location to the sting house with the intent of having sex with a child. Now, we talk here on the podcast about what causes an adult male to think this is okay. And there are many reasons. They're a stone cold pedophile. They had something happen in their childhood. 
all of it is very important so we can prevent these guys from offending. I get that. And I spent a lot of time thinking about global solutions to this. But the reality is each one of them represents the potential of a child's life being altered forever. And while there are many, many graphic examples of this in the hundreds and hundreds of predators I've caught, this one stands out to me for many, many different reasons. This is the story of Eric Thornton. Eric was 27 years old when he showed up at our sting house in Fort Myers, Florida on April 22nd, 2006. Fort Myers was a very productive investigation sting. And Eric was one of those guys, like so many of the others, who didn't necessarily stand out from a crowd. But oh, there's a deeper story to Eric. A lot to unpack here. Eric drove four hours to meet someone he thought was a 14-year-old girl named Liz after a very graphic online conversation with a decoy from perverted justice. He pretends to be a nice guy, but his intent is unmistakable. His screen name, Ballin79, B-A-L-I-N. In the original story, I say Balin, but looking back, I'm pretty sure he meant Ballin79. Hiya, Liz. Or Beth, he wants to know. How are you doing tonight? He asks. B. Chisholm, 1992, the Decoy posing as 14-year-old Liz says, Hiya, I'm okay. That is good. My name is Eric. Hey, you look so hot in your picture. On your profile. You lie. I don't lie. Should I call you Liz or Beth? Which one would you prefer? What a gentleman. Either is fine with me. Cool. Flowers for you? Then she says, female, 14, and you ain't got a pick in your profile, cheater. Calling him out that maybe he is being sneaky. I sent you some pics of me, he says. Can you email them to me so I can check them? Gotta be safe on the net. Sure thing, baby. Don't send it to Yahoo. Dad checks that. Now, you'll see this with the decoys. They often refer to the fact that there's a parent around, reinforcing what they've already told the potential predator, that they're underage. Hey, I got it, she says. Cute, thanks. I have a cam too, just in case, if you want to see. Nothing perverted, of course. Well, that's going to change. Dad won't let me have a cam. Really? It is all right. I completely understand. You never know who is watching you. You know what I mean. But I trust your judgment and positivity for being a nice, cute sweetheart. Wow, what a smooth talker. 
You still there, cutie pie? Sweetness? Now, this is literally about 10 minutes into the conversation. You didn't give me your ASL. He tells the girl his age. You from Fort Myers, I see. What part of Fort Myers? I'm from Jupiter, Florida. Again, four hours away. Actually from Boca Raton, he says, Palm Beach County. You want to see my cam? Maybe I can show you another pic before I let you see my cam. Now, this is all a big setup for him to expose himself and masturbate on this cam in front of a 14-year-old girl. Any other chiquitas with you? Meaning girls? Smooth operator. Chiquita, what the hell is that? A girlfriend. Sorry, that is my lingo. Now we're friends for life, he says. Hmm. Kinda, sorta. The chat continues on and off for a few days. And it's gonna get graphic. At one point, she excuses herself, has to go to the bathroom. Okay, honey, we'll be waiting. Pops up a picture. You like, baby? It's dark. I just see the shadow, she says. I mean, I know what it is, but it's dark. Can you see the bathroom clearly? Yeah, that's bright, she says. Then there's talk of a shower. He says, you want to take one with me, honey? Sure, you're going to come over, she says. Sure, where's your house? He, he. Not now, my dad's home. Remember, I live in Florida. He, he. I know, I live there too. I mean, later. Oh, yeah. But part of Florida. Again, they go through the whole thing over again on location. How many different girls do you think he's chatting with that he forgets where she lives? Hmm? He'll later tell me he's done this many times before. You want me to spend the night Saturday night? Wow, really? Or are you playing with me? I'm serious, he says. Now, during this part of the conversation, he actually shows his penis to the girl. Even in the dark video, it could be made out. What did you think of my penis anyways? <sighs> you like or dislike, baby? Well, if you're serious, talk to me tomorrow so I know you're not fooling around. It was cool. They exchange numbers. He reiterates his name, Eric Thornton. Says she can't talk at this moment because dad's around. They'll talk later. You want to see my cam and me masturbating, baby? Yes. He he. If you want to, she says. Cool, I will do. Where are you at? I want to make love to you, he says. Just kidding, that is, of course, a possibility. We can make love all night long, he says. I want to for you. That might be cool. I heard it hurts the first time, though. Yes, it does. You mean sex? Yeah. Or just making out? Yes, it does. I would love to have sex with you, hon. Hmm. He even has a name for his penis. I want you to see my schlong he says and then just plan well if you're here she says i guess i might yes totally he says now remember at some point throughout this entire conversation he actually 
masturbates and says, shoot, well, it was a load of glory. <laughs> hey, Lizzie, he says, what would you do to my cock on Saturday if you have a chance? I don't know what to do with it. Well, for beginners, you can actually put your hand around it while kissing me. Okay. Did you see it? Then he seems to have a pang of guilt. Stupid me talking all perverted. Oh, you haven't even hit the pinnacle of stupidity yet, son. That's going to come shortly. More talk about when the dad's going to leave his visit, his four-hour drive. By the way, when is your birthday, he asks. I have to send you a card. Yeah, it's going to be coming from prison <laughs> before too long. Mine is April 16th, he says. Gives his address. Talks about the neighborhood where he lived at the time. Says he has a blue Honda Element. Brand new at the time, 2006. Then he brags, hey, did you know that I was in the Disney college program for about five months? Then I dropped out because I was in hospitality school. He actually attended college. He talks about working the midnight shift at a hotel, getting fired because of an accounting error. And then he's on his way. But before he leaves, he asks, do you love me? She says, well, I don't know you enough to love you, but I like you. You're really cool. Thanks, baby. Good night. Sleep tight. Do not let the bed bugs bite. Yeah, you're the only one who's going to get bitten when you arrive. So Eric Thornton jumps in his Honda and drives four hours across the state parks his car and here he is at our sting house in Fort Myers more about this predator I've caught in a moment he's pulling in the driveway go out throw a little wave at him the on-site decoy waves at him and he walks up the driveway wearing shorts and an orange t-shirt Yo, Liz. Hey, come on in. All right. He pokes his nose in the door, says, Yo, Liz. He doesn't seem excessively nervous. Once the outside decoy invites him in, he, he walks right up. I made some chocolate chip cookies and I left them on the table. Just take a seat. I'll be right there. That's fine. No problem. And she announces she's just made chocolate chip cookies, which are on the table. He is to take a seat and wait for her to be ready to meet him in person. And he jumps right in with the cookies, munching one immediately. He likes them. Mmm, they are good. You like them? Mmm. I made them all by myself. I can't wait to see you. I know. I can't wait to see you. I knew. He could not be creepier, quite honestly. He also promised online that he would bring alcohol and condoms. He brought a whole bar, basically. What kind of alcohol did you bring? Um, I brought Absolute Citron. I brought Mandarin Orange. I brought a shot of Jägermeister. I got uh, Bush. Wow. And, yeah. Um, 
don't know. I could get some more if I need to. I can get some more if I need to. Now, here's a little trivia for you. He lists all the liquor that he brought. And you may or may not know that the music group Insane Clown Posse did a song called To Catch a Predator. And in one of the verses, the predator in the song lists the liquor he brought. And it's the exact list given by Eric Thornton. So Eric Thornton's perverted provision list will live on in infamy in the Insane Clown Posse song. FYI. Did you bring condoms? Mm-hmm. Now, he's stuffed another cookie in his mouth as he has this discussion with the decoy who's in another room. The decoy is actually standing next to me, and we're watching all of this on a bank of monitors. Mm-hmm, sure did, when asked about the condoms. Now it's time for me to have my face-to-face discussion with Eric Thornton. He's startled, but he doesn't really freak out. Again, among the creepier conversations I've had with the predators I've caught. Well, with all that, it sounds like you've got a pretty big night planned, huh? Yep. Two different kinds of vodka, mm-hmm. brought some beer, and what else? That's it. That's it. Condoms. So what was your plan here tonight? Still chewing on the cookies. This is almost as outrageous as Jeff Sokol eating the pizza during my conversation with him. Chomping on the cookies. Mm-hmm. Bought the condoms. My plan? Just to hang out. To hang out. Mm-hmm. And you thought it was okay as a 27-year-old to come here and meet a 14-year-old with alcohol and condoms? No, no, no. Then why did you do it? And here's the weird thing about this. He says right away that it's inappropriate. But I'm going to press him. Because I, I just thought it was like a good idea. I just thought it was a good idea. Mm. Not good, Eric. And he makes a startling admission, telling me in the sting house, while he's munching on chocolate chip cookies, that this isn't the first time he's met an underage girl online. How often do you meet underage girls online and set up a visit? Not that much. Ballpark it for me. Um, probably... 10, 15. 10, 15. 10 or 15. So if he admits that number or that range, what do you think reality is? Have you met them in person? Mm-hmm. And what did you do when you met them in person? Uh, just, well, actually, I didn't really meet them. Like, he keeps changing his story. To... Now he's realizing the gravity of his predicament. And he admits to no one's surprise in the sting house watching this and nor should it come as a surprise to you that eric has a problem i've I've went to counseling many many times so based upon the fact that you're here to meet a 14 year old that counseling isn't working out too well is it counseling apparently the counseling isn't working out for eric of course When you hear 
Eric's next admission, you can understand why the counseling isn't working. He stopped going months ago. Did you plan on spending the night? Yes, I I wanted to spend the night, but I didn't want to do anything too graphic until I actually met that person. That's right. He had planned on spending the night, but didn't plan on doing anything too graphic until he got to know the person, the person who's 14, the person who's not allowed to give consent, the person to whom he's sent pictures, video of him masturbating, had a graphic sexual conversation and brought enough booze to stay drunk for a week. Well, what do you think should happen to you, Eric? Just go home and learn from this. And here's the topper to the whole thing. He admits he's got a problem. He admits he's done it before. He admits he's gone to counseling, but stop going. And what should happen to him? No, he doesn't need to be arrested, he says. He just needs to go home and give it some deep thought. If what you've heard shocks you so far, join us back in a moment. Well, he's not going to go home. And it's still a bit unclear whether he's learned from this all these years later. What is going to happen is that Eric's going to leave calmly and he's going to walk right into the arms of the Fort Myers Police Department. That is, after I tell him exactly who I am. I'm Chris Hansen from Dateline NBC. and we- Oh, and before he leaves, he's got some advice for other men who plan to meet children online for sex. Just whatever you do, do not get into underage people at all. I feel regretful. I feel horrible that I did this. That little speech isn't going to help him very much. Police, get down the ground! And when police search his vehicle, they in fact find all the liquor he had brought. Eric initially was going to take his case to trial. But later he pleaded guilty to attempted lewd and lascivious behavior with a child, computer pornography, and an obscene communication with a child. In exchange for his plea, Eric received 21 months in prison, 36 months of probation, and he had to register as a sex offender for life. But the story doesn't end there, as is the case with many of the predators I've caught. While in prison, Eric is attacked and assaulted in a most aggressive and vile way. And this comes from court documents. His lawyer goes to the judge in the case and asks that because of this savage attack on Eric, And because he is a brittle diabetic with a learning disability, he should be allowed to serve the rest of his prison term in home confinement. The judge says, no, that's not going to happen. Goes back to prison, serves the rest of his sentence, and then he gets out. And not too long later, he 
violates probation because he doesn't make the $6 a month payment to the court for his GPS tracker. So back he goes into jail for a week. He gets the payment caught up and now he's free again. Since his release, Eric has pretty much worked as a landscaper. He apparently has his own business. He's got a LinkedIn page. He's got some social media presence. He apparently still resides in the West Palm Beach area. He's got a page advertising his services. Your design means profit, business hours, blah, blah, blah. Description of work, mulching, weed pulling, hedge trimming, and plant installation, pricing based on materials and installation, checks, cash, money orders, no credit cards or debit cards. That's page about me. He's got a LinkedIn page. Says he's a job seeker. That he attended the University of Central Florida. That he's worked as a HVAC technician, lawn care supervisor. That's apparently his current job food prep and helper, night auditor, that's where he got fired for the $27 discrepancy. And then, interestingly enough, years later in about 2019, Eric ends up living in a mobile home park in St. Petersburg, Florida. It's called Pervert Park. Now, you may be familiar with this. There was a documentary years ago that won an award in the Sundance Film Festival. And Pervert Park was also featured in a 60 Minutes Australia piece. It's a mobile home park called the Pals Park in St. Petersburg, Florida, as I mentioned, where about 100 convicted sex offenders live at the same time. And... It really wasn't set up that way, but it's a place where these sex offenders are allowed to live. It's like a colony, and they keep track of each other, and they encourage each other not to reoffend. They're all in the sex offender registry, and they live there. And apparently he lived there for a bit before we moved back over to the other side of the state where he works in landscaping. I always wondered what it would be like for me to take a walk through Pervert Park. Can you imagine? Just walk through there with a television crew and let these guys see me. (laughs) They'd be scrambling, I think. We tried to track Eric down, but as of the recording of this episode, we have not had much luck. I'd sure like to talk to him, though. More of our story in a moment. As you know, I always like to hear from and talk to you. This week's question comes from Thor in Savannah, Georgia. Hey, Chris, this is Thor from Savannah, Georgia. I wanted to ask if you could clear up a running joke bit of lore with the TCAP community. So, in the original series, there were certain screen names that you would say, and then there were times where you would say something like, this person is using a screen name so graphic that we can't say it on television, 
But when you compare some of the names that were said, such as the one guy who had the screen name, Can I Rape You Anally? Versus having to censor certain ones, like uh, I think it was John Elliott was Bald Beaver Hunter. In a lot of people's opinions, one of those is worse than the other one, but you were able to say it. So I was just wondering, was that a determination that the network made? Was that a determination that you made? Was that a little bit of showmanship to entice people when they were watching the show? I was just curious because I've seen some discussion about that online. And I was wondering if you could maybe clear that up. Loving the show. Loving True Blue. Keep it up. Have a great day. Thank you, Thor. That is a very good question. In the early days of To Catch a Predator, and in all of To Catch a Predator at NBC, we were sort of ruled by, well, obviously our legal people, but also our standards people. And so those decisions were made, you know, in a discussion with the people who oversaw our content. And, and you're right. I mean, what's the difference between Bald Beaver Hunter, which would be offensive, I suppose, to some people, and I want to rip you anally, which is wholly offensive. I think, in my opinion, it's important to give the screen name and get into some of the graphic nature of these conversations because it shows people who these guys are. It shows them taking something horrific in some cases and, and graphic certainly in most cases and try to normalize it to a child. So we would have these meetings at the network and, and the standards people would weigh in and, and sometimes I'd agree with them and sometimes I wouldn't and I, I would weigh whether or not it was worth the fight. And we'd figure out a way to put it in the story in a way that would satisfy the standards people, but still express to our audience the graphic nature and the dangerous nature of these conversations and, and the screen names, etc. I can't tell you the difference really as to why one of those screen names was censored and, and one wasn't, but you don't want to turn the audience off by being too graphic, yet you don't want to whitewash any of this because it's important to know what these guys are capable of. I think we threaded the needle pretty well. I can tell you that now at True Blue, with the takedown episodes, because it's a streaming network, obviously we have legal review and standards review, but we have more freedom now to say it the way it is. Much like this podcast, where we can get into some of the graphic nature of the chats. Again, I, I don't want to offend anybody, but I also don't want to sugarcoat any of this. It's reality. It represents the kind of people who potentially are online trying to meet your children for sex. And at the end of the day, the more we know about those guys, the more we can get into their minds, the better we can protect our children and the rest of our families. You can always find me all over social media at Chris Hansen on X, formerly known as Twitter, official Chris Hansen on Instagram, have a seat with Chris Hansen on TikTok, on True Blue, my streaming crime network. We just finished up a sting operation in Polk County, Florida, where we returned and have a lot of new compelling content that you'll start seeing this week on True Blue.
Watch TrueBlue.com for details. And as always, you can reach me right here at Chris at PredatorPodcast.com. I'll be watching and listening. A Huda Media Production.